Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is October 15, 2014, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. And I'm so honored that you are here Again with me, we've been through the ups and downs, but you're always uh, so dependable. I can always depend on my audience to just support me. Of course, we lost another great actress um, who was the star of La Bama and Lone Star actress Elizabeth Pena. She died at the age of 55. They said that she died of natural causes. And you also probably remember her and Modern Family where she played the mother of Sophia Vergara's character, Gloria. Um, but more happy news. I do have a wonderful guest on who is also a writer, a director, and a producer, has a nice TV series out called The Rent. And actually, it's an everyday thing that we all go through. We all have been through the struggle of paying our rent, um, don't know where the money's coming from, trying to pay your bills at the same time, get those little notices in the mail saying, don't pay this, you're evicted. So here with me, who actually live in the life experiences of all that and has put it through film, is Al Kaiser with me. Do call in at 347-426-3751. I will also keep the chat box open as well. Al, how are you doing today? Um, actually, well, Tignisha, this is uh, this is Dylan from uh, Nipples and Palm Trees. Oh, <laughs> hi, Dylan. <laughs> my name's okay. I'm a writer director too, and my my movie's about uh, the struggle of life and uh, trying to find something better as well. Um, so, anyways, thanks for uh, having me on. I know uh, I think our things got crossed a little bit, but uh, we can go forward uh, if you want. <laughs> we sure can. And I also have Al on too. I'm here. Okay. Well, sorry, oh, okay. Al. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I didn't know how it's working. So go ahead and talk to Al first. No, uh, that that is just fine. Well, I will, hey, I will take care of both of my guys. That's how I am. I'm I'm a multitasker. I can do it all. <laughs> so, um, I guess Al, Al, I guess we'll start with you first, Al, about your TV series, The Rent, because we know it comes from a one act play, which is awesome. It seems that it has inspired everybody. So far, you got 226 views, 500 likes off of this. TV series. So, where did the idea for the rent actually come from? Because I know that it's about your true life, but what what really inspired you to just put it all out on film? Uh, hey, Technician, thanks for having me on. Um, I was uh, trying to come up with secondary ideas for a pitch fest, 
and uh, I just looked at the world around me and decided that uh, there was something there with uh, my day job, and I, I'm an apartment manager, um, and so I started creating the characters from, you know, the real people that I worked with, and we just started laughing and having a good time, and it just kept organically developing, and I, I pitched the log line. Uh, the original log line was the Beverly Hill Buddies, and it was about a nutty Beverly Hills apartment manager who has to cope with his oddball staff while trying to collect the rent from the rich residents. Um, and it, it went well, and um, I continued to gain interest in it, and uh, I decided to um, take it further, and, and uh, I joined the Beverly Hills Playhouse last year, and uh, I produced um, an act in the one-act play, and it was well-received. Um, it continued to gain more interest as um, I did a short um, film uh, that's a prelude to what we have now. Uh, and the ball kept rolling, and so we decided to step up our game and, and uh, make it into a, a, a TV pilot project. And um, we flushed it all out um, and came up with what we have now. Uh, I think um, as we continue to vet the idea um, we continue to um, come up with the answer that, you know, it was a good idea. And so we were continually inspired um, as we, you know, made everything and uh, into what we have now. Oh, awesome. I think it is. Like I said, I think it is a great film. It really is. And I'm so glad that it's making a breakthrough just for you, Personally, you know, I know that's got to be hard work. A lot of people think, oh, I see this on film. It looks so easy. It's not easy. And I took film class in college. It's not easy just getting everything together. It takes ideas. It, you got to do the pre-production. All that is work. Now, Dylan, for you, and which I'm glad that you're on, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, you, you no have problem. your new thanks film for, out. Thanks for having you, me. Oh, you are so welcome. That's all right about getting things crossed <laughs> up. Hey, it's better to get it on out of the way. Nobody's not worrying about that. <laughs> um, now, for your new film, nipples. <laughs> <laughs> now, for your new film, Nipples and Palm Trees, now, mm-hmm. <laughs> it did have me laugh. Just listen to the title. And you had my girl in there, too, Sadie Katz, which I had an honor at interviewing her, too. And I got to see yeah, her Sadie's move awesome. wrong turn six because I love wrong. Right, and I love Wrong Turn. I don't even know how I became so fascinated with it. I just turned to sci-fi one day, and mm-hmm. and I just started watching all of them. And I was like, I really love it, so I got to see part six. But where did this title come from? Nipples. Um, I, I hope I'm thinking like I'm thinking, but maybe I'm not. Nipples and palm trees, Dylan. <laughs> it's, um, well, yeah. uh, it's a sex comedy, um, and it's about a guy searching for love in Los Angeles. Um and basically, mm. he's uh, in love with this one girl who's played by Sadie. Um, and uh, he, you know, he's trying to get over her, so he keeps uh, searching out these other kind of empty relationships or one night stands kind of thing. And it's, um, and uh, each situation keeps getting more ridiculous um, and out of control. Like, um, for example, he shows up to uh, to a house to have a he thinks a nice dinner with this nice girl, and then he uh, realizes that few other guys are invited and he realizes he's been invited to a gangbang. So it's kind of scenarios like that where he 
doesn't want all this lust and craziness, but he wants um, um, he wants love, you know, something that all of us want. Um, so, uh, right. so yeah, that's basically what it's about. And uh, how we came up with the title, it was basically an inside joke, but it's one of those things when you're making a low-budget movie, you don't have uh, Tom, Tom Cruise on your cover, you know, so you got to try to get attention right. somehow. So one of those things that kind of, you know, kind of stuck and uh, stood out for people and love it or hate it, it kind of does what it needs to do for us. Right, and that's that's what it's all about when you try and get these films out. It's all about taking the risk and the sacrifice that you have to go through, and that's what a lot of people don't be understanding. They think, oh, I'm gonna be a some think I'm gonna be a Steven Spielberg, and no, <laughs> that takes it takes work to get to that standard. But hey, you got like we all learned, guys. We all got to crawl before we walk, and obviously you on been through the threshold, so you're you're doing it now. Now this question is probably for both of you. Um. Strong off with you, Al. What sort of preparation did your actors undertake in order to inhabit their roles in the TV series? Well, you can you can definitely tell when someone shows up very prepared. Um, I um, I I didn't really do much myself. Uh, I was running the show, uh, and uh, I, I I knew most of it and um but I just showed up and you know worked scenes with other actors and you can tell when someone comes and is prepared. Um you know they did it all on their own. Um I didn't have a director's night where, you know, we worked scenes. We just showed up on the shoot and we worked it out. Um you know when you're when you're shooting something there's um different takes, uh there's different shots that, you know, they're gonna be doing it over and over again. So I don't know what each person did, but I can tell when they show up how prepared they are um, when they know the script by heart, and then you can direct them to do right. other things. Other people showed up, and you know, I gave them a, a you know the flexibility to you know um, improv and bring other comedic moments in that I didn't think of. So I I told them I said, hey, you know, come with it and bring more ideas and. It all worked out very well, and uh, for the most part, I, I believe I, I cast the right, you know, people. And see, that's yeah. what you want. You want, some, you want someone who's going to be able to work it. I don't have time, to be honest, you don't have time to sit there and baby you. I need to know if you can, are, are you in it or are you not? <laughs> it's go hard or go home. That's that's the name of the game. Now, Dylan, what about you with the same question? What did your... um? What sort of preparation did your actors undertake? Well, uh, and generally speaking, I think uh, actors are wonderful people. Just, um, just the fact yeah. that uh, you know they have to put themselves out there and um, be open, like uh, with the imagination for children, almost. You know, and uh, completely try to be this role and try to make things natural and try to make us feel things in the moment. You know, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. So, I mean, as far as working with the actors, I mean, so like uh, like Al said, you know, you got to cast well and you got to, um, you know, you have the auditions and you try to see what that spark is. And it's um, nothing that can be necessarily described, I suppose, if you have uh, training as a director and actor, you can see certain things. Um, but for the most part, it's by your gut feeling. And then as far as working with the actors, so, you know, you try to cast it well and then uh, I've, I did, when I did my first film, I uh, too many rehearsals I felt were, uh, you know, pre-rehearsals before the days of shooting um, were really helpful. You end up losing a lot of those pure moments. These film is about capturing those moments in time kind of thing. So 
So what I did, I tried to do, in general, I tried to at least have a reading with the, with the actors beforehand or on an individual basis so I can break it up in the scenes and break it up in the actors. So I take one actor uh, and the person he's usually paired with and just kind of go over the scenes, spend a day to go over those scenes and uh, talk about it more and maybe do a general blocking. But, um, but yeah, like Alice said, for the most part, I think um, for the most part you're getting in there and you're trying to uh, find that magic in a bottle, you know, the lightning in the bottle kind of thing. Right. Exactly. I do agree with that. So, Al, how was pre-production for you? Uh, pre-production, uh, you know, I it was a year long, uh, to tell you the truth, um, because of all the different stages as we were developing it. Um, you know, so, you know, right before the shoot, um, you know, getting together with, you know, a co-producer and the DP, um, you know, that's, you know, sort of a easy meeting. You know, everybody just gets together and and uh, talks about, you know, different things that, you know, will occur, you know, pretty much in the pace of the show, uh, location shots, uh, scene shots. So as, you know, they're preparing, you know, the game plan for the day of the shoot, um, you know, that stuff is, you know, usually done at home um, with each individual and then we come together and, you know, we knock it out. And um, our production manager was really great keeping everybody on schedule. And um, I was overlooking it as well. But in for, I, I would say all of it up until that point when you shoot is pre-production. So from when the ideas created the concept to the initial scripts, uh, putting it up on its feet in the, in the stage, um, you know. So there's a lot of pre-production to, to get to that point that some people don't consider. So I, I think that, you know, it took me a year to get um, the whole thing shot. And then, you know, the post-production was a couple months after that. But uh, for me, you know, right. I consider all of it. Right. And mostly, and I, I'm figuring that since you already know the story and most of it is about you, you knew the chances that some things you didn't need in the film, you could just remove out. Because I, I know it's probably just, complications just to shoot and dealing with the budget part well as a producer you're always considering the budget as you cast and hire your right. your crew right um so i'm not sure if i answered your question no al you did just you did just fine we al look here on this show we don't put nobody under pressure <laughs> we won't put nobody on the press. You see, guys, what you gotta understand? I am a I am a waitress, so I serve people, and that's why I try. When guests sit down at my table, I tell them, "You don't have to worry about nothing. I got the rest. All you have to worry about is eating and enjoy yourself." Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. So, Dylan, how how was pre production for you? Uh, you know what? I like Al's answer. You did all the hard work. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll answer the, the, the next question is first. Yeah, I'll think go about your answer. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. like <laughs> Um, pre-production for me, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same thing. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, I guess, but it's, uh, but it's all about the end of the day. You're still, that's probably a terrible metaphor, but you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're making a movie, you're putting something together. So, 
you know, working with a really limited budget like we were, you know, it was kind of a lot of, a lot of the double up the roles. You know, I kind of, like I was a director, producer, you know, production manager, whatever kind of thing. Um, and my uh, my wife, uh, Vanessa Rose Parker, who was also in the movie, uh, helped me produce it. Um, but, yeah, kind of the same oh, thing, good. you know. We, we, you try to find uh, locations for free or cheap and pull in favors. Um, and the budget we were working with, you know, was like, Ultra, ultra low budget, um, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, and uh, the director of photography, Matt Goley, I've worked with before, so we, um, you know, we we had a good working relationship. So you know, you just try to you find those, find try to find locations for for as cheap as possible. You uh, you work it out uh, beforehand with uh, with your really tight crew, um, and you know, you try to get people to come on board, uh, crew and actor wise, that'll work for uh, really low money. I, I still believe in paying people something um but but you know it's um it's almost like it's still kind of asking for favors kind of thing so um so pre-production okay. was pre-production with a no with no money is uh is very stressful and uh it's hard to get everything together but uh somehow it kind of happens <laughs> so that's how you describe it <laughs> right i i i think i felt the same way even though it was a college course when i had to do a documentary on tattoos and you could just mm-hmm. feel the stress I'm like okay my group doesn't have the the expensive camera like the other groups in the class so we're working with this little itty bitty camera but we made it work and it turned out beautifully so I felt like you and I wasn't working with anything but what the teacher gave me so I'm like okay now we gotta turn this camera in oh I can't finish my project so I felt very stressed. I said, if this was director has to go through, I think I'll just stick with my major communications, but I still had to take the course, though. So. <laughs> well, I think, so, uh, yeah, exactly. I think, like, the general rule is you just try to think, I think whatever location you're at or whatever you're doing, just like, okay, what are the problems that can happen? You try to think of every possible scenario of what could go wrong. Because most likely it is, right. and probably a few things you haven't thought of, you know? So um, so that's the best uh, mantra to have in pre-production. Whenever you settle on something, try to think of, what could go wrong, you know, amongst all of the thousand other things right. just rolling around in your head. Yeah. So. Well, I'd like right. to add he... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> I'm trying to eat. Oh, no, go ahead, Al. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to add that, you know, um, you know, in our positions, you know, we have to have a lot of faith. We have to, you know, root, keep rooting for the project and keep trying to make it happen and you know it's it's not easy to get everybody together on a low budget um and continually have faith for it and and see it right. you know completed because you don't know what's going to happen you know you could have an actor not show up you, you know anything could happen and you and you continually have to have you know uh you know a large amount of faith to complete the project and once you get it in the can you, you know it feels great uh, I remember several times I almost threw in the towel and said, yeah, forget it. Um, but I kept coming back with, this is a good idea, this is a good idea. And I had a lot of support and encouragement from others. So, And and because, uh, you know, the crew and the cast that I had on it, they were also very encouraged, you know, by the project. So there was, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, but there's got to be that one person that keeps leading the team saying, we're going to do this. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a lot easier to uh, to give up because you just keep uh, running into walls. It seems making low budget movies, you know. But uh, but yeah, you gotta keep the 
you got to finish the day, you know, you got to make the day. So, and, uh, and have a project that, you know, you believe in. That's exactly right. Right. And that's the number one factor. If no one else believes in it, you have to be the main factor. If you fit, if you feel like it's going to suck, then you can't expect your team to support you. And it's good to always have that support team, no matter what. I even had to work with another lady who was producing something. Um, she called it Sydney's Party Hour. No money. Um, coming mm-hmm. from New York, didn't have food in her house to barely put in her own mouth. But I want to support her because I know what it's like. Hey, I'm still trying to get out there to become the next Mark Pearson so I could become one of your daily news reporters. So it is a struggle, and it just takes good friends and God and faith just to hold on and be strong. And I think that's what you guys have encountered. A lot of people don't want to do that. Like I said, they want to get in, jump in, and, and think it's going to work. But it doesn't. This is a this is a hard industry to really get into. And if you make it in it, kudos. If you don't, then maybe it's something else meant for you down the road. But once you get in there, you make it. I'm, I'm very proud of you guys that you stuck on in there. Nobody and all my future directors and actors out there who want to make it in this field, it's not easy. These guys are the... The proof to let you know it's not easy. This is a night and day trying to do this, and this is work. While you're sleeping, they're producing. They're trying to get their stuff out there. Um, and um, Al, of course, it it worked out pretty good with you at one the fest you went to, and you got a lot of people to engage with you on this. Uh, I did. Um, I uh, the original. Um, I, I was. Um, creating some log lines for a showrunner and and that was uh, also the, the favorite um you know but even though you know different people in the entertainment business are saying yes you know they're not going to do it for you uh you've got to do it on your own they're going to give you tips or they're going to you know give you some feedback but you really got to take hold of the project and say you got to keep building it and it's baby steps every day and you have to keep creating yeah, and you yeah. have to keep keep creating energy that's going to flow organically and develop the project it's it isn't hard it isn't easy because you have to have that yeah. uh, li- uh uh limitless you know um you know um ideas uh, that are you know pushing forward uh, you can't limit your mind and say okay i can i can't do it or I can only do so much. You've got to keep thinking. Of course, you have to work within your parameters. You know, we're you know low budget filmmakers, and we have to say, okay, I can make, I can do all of this. And in that world and in that space, I it's limitless of the ideas if I know what I can do in that area. Right. How has reaction been for your exactly. for your show? I'm sorry. How <laughs> has reaction been for your show? Oh Al? no. Um, I'm getting a I'm getting great feedback. Um, it's oh, uh, on Facebook now. It's been out for about a week and a half, um, and okay. um, I, I would say for the most part, people are saying it's good, and uh, they're not. You know, if if this wasn't a good project, I believe it would have stopped dead in its tracks long ago, um, because the audience, the, you know, the directors, the different people that would say. No, this isn't good enough. Um, it's not right. right. But I, I kept getting from everyone that was involved, this is a great idea. Um, so 
Did I answer it your is. question, Dylan? It hits home. Very cool. It does. It, it is a great film because it, it hits home. Like I said, we all have been through that rent problem. You trying to figure out how you going to pay. And that's why now you get the land, um, the landlord, they don't even come to your house anymore. You have to mail it because that's what I have to do with my rent. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. She's in Fayetteville. And it's like, I'm not going to drive to Fayetteville to give you the money. So I'm going to mail it off to you. And if she doesn't get it, then she sent her little notice. Oh, I didn't receive it. Blah, blah, blah. Eviction. I'm looking down like, no, ma'am, check your mailbox again because I'm not paying this eviction price. <laughs> so I need you to recheck it. So we all have lived through it. And the landlords used to come up to you and collect their money. Nobody's not doing that no more. Uh-uh. So I, I really <laughs> felt that, especially when... When when you was in the film trying to collect the money and it was like, um, well, I don't have it. Um, the redhead was like, I don't have the money until you <laughs> fix what I need to fix. And I went through that same scenario with my landlord. He was like, Where my rent money? I'm like, Are you serious? You want rent money when I got a flood a puddle a flood of water up under my basement and it feels like I'm swimming in the Atlantic Ocean and you want No, I'm I'm not gonna pay. So <laughs> I I really felt that, and I see that he had a crush on the redhead. See, mine said had no crush on me, so you know I just had to use my wits to get out of paying. I was like, I'm not gonna pay it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I I really could relate to that. Well, it's, yeah, and we believe it's highly relatable to everyone. Everyone, ha- it's their it's it their is. main expense, uh, whether it's a mortgage or a rent payment. Everybody has to pay every month. Ooh, uh, yeah. someone, mm-hmm. you know. Right, be hating it. Like, here come the first of the month, Lord, have mercy. I be praying every day. Thank God my husband's able to pay because with time slow on my job, I'm like, okay, I can take care of the other bills. But if it wasn't for his little income, I'd be like, oh, I'd be scratching my head. And if you don't have rent, pay this. <laughs> if you don't have rent and a mortgage payment, yeah. you need a tax bill. That's no fun. <laughs> Ooh, yes, yes. Yes, because like I said, my, my landlord, she's good in that. She would send an eviction notice, and I'd be like, no, check your mailbox again. I'm not I'm not getting evicted. I sent it to you in the mail. Please check. I'm not getting evicted because my rent like six seventy. My rent is six seventy five, and if I don't pay it, then I'm paying like um over $1,000. I'm like, wow. Yeah, she charged over 400 just for you to get out her house. Um, But um, Dylan... How? Why mm-hmm. was it important for you to? Why was it important for you to do this picture? Um. Well, uh, it, the the script was written by the lead actor Matthew James, and uh, you know he had a little bit of money and uh, and this concept. Um, actually, it started off as a series of vignettes of uh, like these weird uh, sexual encounters he would go through. Um, oh, okay. We were talking about we were talking about doing one of them, and then. Um, uh, you know, I was looking at the other ones. It was so it was very edgy and funny, and not not traditional screenplay kind of stuff at all. It was just like really kind of off the wall kind of stuff. And then, but there was this uh, overlying thread of the character, you know, trying to find love. So, so then we collaborated and uh, and uh, tried to you know uh, gave this character like an arc, and um, you know uh, decided to go for it. For so for some reason it was. You know, it's one of those things, I think the reaction, like, you don't set out to make a cult film. And I think, um, you know, the title Nipples of Palm Trees obviously helped, but uh, the reaction to it's been interesting, you know. It, <laughs> it, there's been some bad reviews, you know, like uh, on Amazon or, or whatever, and you're like, oh, that hurts or whatever. But then 
there's also been good ones, and there's been bloggers that have picked up on it, you know. So it's definitely it, – it, it's a love it or hate it kind of thing, and I guess it just felt yeah it felt right at the time to do something so different. And, um, you know, it – you know, and knowing that uh, people are going to be kind of divided on it because you're not um, you're not making something that uh, that is easily digestible or is normal everyday entertainment kind of thing, but but the people that respond to it uh, respond to it uh, pretty well. So I think I think that was the guy like for whatever reason it was just instinct or whatever that uh, okay this is a it's a project we can do because it's low budget enough and uh, all locations are easy to get and it's. Um, and it's just different, and um, I think that's what appealed to me. And then I think what appealed to me because the the character is kind of like a skeezy kind of guy, or can be described as that. And <coughs> the fact that even this kind of quote unquote low life wanted love, you know, was interesting to me because that's I think it's like a universal thing that we all want. Um, so I think I think it was an interesting theme to explore with this character that no matter who we are, what we are, we all deserve and want love, and um, and, and you know should should happen. Yeah. Right, and and most people do, and they don't care who, how they sometimes get it. But you are right; some people do want love. I think I think that's why some go through the circumstances. But I don't I don't know if I want too badly dealing where I'm getting beat up now. I don't want that type of love getting hit in my head <laughs> type love. No. Well, well, that's, <laughs> that's not struggle. You don't know. Don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't but, know what um, you want. The situation could be bad for you. You know what I mean? But you still right. strive for that. You know, and there's still that strive for it. And you do. yeah, and it's about learning, learning, or hopefully you learn, you know, from from mistakes or situations, and so you figure out what you want or that you love yourself before you can love anybody else. So yeah, I think the movie is a lot about that that whole struggle of um, you know what is love and do I want it and do I need want it from this and you know and et cetera. So. Oh, that's going to work out just fine, both of your movies. I mean, and you got to look at it. We have had a lot of low-budget movies that we thought were not appealing to our high-budget counterparts, like um, um, The Full Monty, You Got the Perch. They start off low-budget, but um, I think The Full Monty, for instance, made 257, over $257 million, and it was at $3 million. So these are movies that we didn't think about, you know. So mm-hmm. hey, you just keep on going. We trust and believe me. People are going to watch these type of movies. They're gonna watch that one because don't nobody like to pay the rent, and they're gonna watch that because everybody has been a fool in love, definitely. But I want everybody <laughs> to not be a fool in love and do not leave because we're gonna take a short commercial break and we're gonna be back with these two wonderful guys talking more about their production and everything else. So you stay tuned. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. What's up with your face? I'm having a stroke. That's not normal. Is something wrong? I'm having a stroke. Are you having an allergic reaction? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T. 
time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. All right, we're back to the bright side with Technician. I'm here with two wonderful guys, Al Kaiser, who is the director of The Rent, which is a nice TV pilot, and also my guy, Dylan Reynolds, who is the director of Nipples and Palm Trees. See, I can't help but to laugh because just thinking about Nipples and Palm Trees. I'm, see, oh, see how my mind, I'm sorry, it's just, I don't mean to be... Yeah, I am. No, it I does, it, uh, yes, does its job, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's a reaction, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's memorable, you know. So that's that's the whole point this of it. This is Dylan's fault. You can't even, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, nipples and palm trees, because I'm going to go tell my coworkers about this and see what their reaction is going to look like. And I'm like, no, it's not about that, but that's where your mind's going to be at. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, Al, you have had so much involvement in film writing with TV, pilot, script, CEO, baby, and production. How did you get tied up into this industry? Uh, well, first I want to give it up for my director, um, Sean Talbot. Uh, he actually directed the piece um, that we have. Okay. I was the writer-producer, I was a writer, producer, actor, um, and, you know, so that's his credit, and I want to give it to him. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it is my baby. Uh, but you know, okay, Sean's <laughs> listening. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you are the director. He's <laughs> like, now wait a minute. Now he know yeah. he know better. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> what? All right, I got you, Al. <laughs> um, and you know, but people who say that, you know, um, they they think that organically, so that's okay. Um, but in any case, um, I've been writing feature spec scripts for many years and I had been studying and writing everything I could think of um, and I was in uh, Chris Soth's Million Dollar Screenwriting Program which is a extensive mentorship program and okay. um, I needed to do something different. I, I kept getting you know whatever script I was working on you know this is an indie and this that and the other thing so I decided to do something different and I joined a, a writing program, and we came up with uh, – my first exercise was to come up with 100 high-concept ideas. And I could only come up with about 30, which was good enough. And uh, we sorted it out, and we picked three, and then we picked the best one. At the time, I, I, was, I had a baby, and yeah, I came up with a log line of um, uh, a smart-talking baby becomes the CEO of a baby food company, CEO Baby. Okay. And, you know, since I was going through that experience with the baby, we thought that would be the best uh, one to choose. It was a great high concept. And um, so I spent a good year writing that show, um, and um, it was well-received. Um, I had 
some great, great consultations on it from, you know, some A-type producers. And, um, but it was a high-budget um, endeavor that seemed impossible to get anyone interested in it, and especially when you started talking about babies. They're like, oh, I don't know. So uh, we came up with the idea of writing uh, a shorter version, a TV pilot, an animated TV pilot, and um, and that that went okay. Um, and then I started liking the idea of writing short forms uh, for TV shows, uh, TV pilots. Um, so then I started okay. converting all of my ideas into uh, half-hour sitcoms. And so right about that time is when I came up with the rent. And I said, "Yeah, you know, this is this is a ticket. Let me let me write." And my my specific formula wasn't a traditional pilot formula. I wanted to write a fifteen or a fifteen page script, which would be five scenes, three minutes three minutes each, and those would be snippets for a web series. And uh, so the pilot that we have out now is actually only just a a, a fifteen page script. Uh, in a in a format of just five scenes, and not a traditional type pilot format of uh, a thirty pages. Um, and so okay. I just I found it an easier way to try to get concepts out there uh, to be sold because it would take a, a, a year's time to develop a, a, a feature length script, and it would take shorter time to do TV pilots. Wow, that is work. I'm tired just thinking about it. I mean, you really don't think about all this that goes into it. Ooh. So, um, Dylan, what's your writing process like? Uh, well, uh, I didn't write uh, this particular film, but uh, but I am a writer. I've written um, numerous scripts, and I'm always writing stuff. Um, my writing process is a lot of pain and crying and self-doubt and um, <laughs> curling up in a fetal position. Uh, no, uh, it's, uh, it's you know, it, it, you go in there and uh, you try to map out the script. And, um, you know, I'm working on multiple things at once, too. So it's always, you know, it, writing is a thing that uh, that's a lifestyle, I guess. You know, I, I go to work. I come back home and I go to work again. Um, you know, I try to watch some daily show or whatever. And, uh, you know, I try to do at least a couple hours a night to write um, and try to try to figure out the script or figure out the characters, you know, of whatever it is I'm working on. So, you know, it's uh, my my writing process is both. It's like one of those things. It's a hate or love it, but you love it because you got to do it, you know, um, and because it's like your passion. So, so, so you know, it's my writing process is just trying to trying to finish the script. You know, that's the best I can say. <laughs> yeah, just just trying to get it done. I do understand that. So, um, Al, where do you see yourself maybe in five years from now? Uh, hopefully, sitting on top of uh, the world. <laughs> uh, I'd like to. I know, that's I'd right. like to. <laughs> Uh, still alive, <laughs> um, you know. I I hope to um, accomplish my goal in getting a deal signed, getting a show made. Um, you know, having more opportunities to write material and actually get paid for it. Um, you know, that would be awesome. Right. Um, you know, as artists, we're always putting ourselves into it. 
And uh, there's a, a lucky few that actually get paid and they can actually say, I'm in the entertainment business and I make money in it. Um, you know, this is a project that I, I financed. Um, I financed all of my projects. Uh, I've been an actor and a writer and I've, I've been paid for acting, um, but most of it has been an investment of my life. Uh, I've been doing this since I was a kid. Um, you know, so for 26 years, uh, I've invested into uh, the entertainment business and I still don't have a paying job in it. And so that would be awesome if I can, you know, accomplish that one day and uh, be smart enough to, to get paid in the entertainment business. Oh, it's going to work. Trust and believe me, it's going to work out for you and you too, Dylan, because mm-hmm. it's something you didn't give up on. You still continue, you still continuing at it. You put your blood and your sweat in. Mm-hmm. So no, definitely. It's gonna come. It's gonna come through. Uh, look, like I always tell people, just hold on, brother. It's gonna come through for you. So help me, God gonna make a way for you. I'm telling you, gonna be in the spot like we. I'm be like that's Al and Dylan, dealing with his nipples <laughs> and palm trees. Hey, Dylan. But... Dylan gonna have nipples and palm trees too. Out. Gonna... <laughs> I will definitely remember that. <laughs> then, then, uh, then the title works. It's, it, not, it's, it's, easy, it's, it's memorable just even thinking about the title. Like, you could just think about it. You don't even have to know what it's about. But, like, dang, I just want to see that because it's a milk. <laughs> yep. Like, that could, that's, that's relating to the guy's nipples. The lady thing, the palm trees. Like, okay, I feel relaxed. So, that, so um, exactly. So, Dylan, what was the most challenging thing about making this film? Uh, well, the, the budget and uh, limited amount of time. You know, we were basically uh, shot in 10 days. Um, it, that's the shortest answer. It's uh, when you don't have money, you have to – everything's always a compromise. And you, and like we were talking about earlier, you got to yeah. finish your day no matter what um, because you don't have the money to go back uh, to these – locations or get these actors again you got you're kind of one shot so you're you're kind of guiding a uh a sinking ship almost you know you're just trying to get the dock you know and hopefully you get everything you need by the time you get there so is that right um so al al what what is it like just to actually see your baby grow what does it feel? What, tell me what's that aha, because I know you have had probably that aha moment. You know, I had one last night, and it's been it's been great. I've, <laughs> it's been a great journey for the last year working on this project. It's very exciting. Um, you know, just creating, an ex- it's, it's exciting just to be able to be in a project that you can see uh, develop and um Gosh, I, I, I just, I'm just having a good time creating and being a part of it, and you know, no matter what happens, um, it's been fun. Uh, you know, right. so I know some some people may not like my stuff, and some will. Um, you know, so it's it's. I understand that. You know, um, I'm realistic about everything, so you know, I have a good job. Uh, right. I do. I do well for myself. And, you know, it's always been a hobby of mine. And, you know, if it 
if it shoots up and I come up, that's awesome. And I'm excited if, you know, that were to happen. Uh, but I'm just excited about creating ideas and uh, working with my production assistants on it. And so it's just been fun for me. I know it has because it's something that you love to do. And they always say when you love to, whatever you love to do, it doesn't matter because that's, that's, your, that's your dedication. See, me, I will go write a story for somebody in a heartbeat. And that's what I'll, my passion is to do. I want to be a reporter. So it doesn't matter. That's why I call myself a freelance journalist. So I, I, I feel you. I felt that connection. Um, so, Dylan, the same question like I asked Al previously, um, how did you get into filmmaking? How did I get into filmmaking? Um, well, it's, uh, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I guess it was new. I knew it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to be a director. So, um, you know, I... I didn't go to school for film. I went to school for marketing, but basically as soon as I got out, I, um, you know, started, I, and I lived in LA too. So I guess that made it easier, but basically I perused, uh, you know, the Craigslist, uh, low budget crewing kind of stuff and did PA work. And eventually I started a location sound company and, um, you know, did a, did a bunch of movies doing location audio for low budget independent movies. Um, then, um, then uh then eventually I was able to uh make my first film which was uh Chainlink, uh which is a crime drama. Um and I ended up winning uh, uh some festival awards at kinda of like uh mid tier kind of festivals, so that was nice. Um and then this opportunity to direct uh, Nipples and Palm Trees came up. Um and then uh, to to extend it to that, uh to the other questions of where I see myself in five years is just you know Hopefully, I can keep making movies and make a living making movies. Um, you know, as Al said, right now you kind of have to have a uh, a real jobby job uh, in the meantime. Um, yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough to to work in the, the distribution business, and so I'm still within okay. the the industry. Um, so that and that's lucky. A lot of people like my wife is an actor, so she has to bartend, you know, and um, and you know, other people have to do other things while they work on their screenplays or uh, shoot on the weekends or or do what they have to do to pursue their right. their their dreams, you know, their dream goals, you know. Right, you do. You have to do. You gotta do what you gotta do because the bills still have to be paid while you're trying to pursue yeah. the career. Still gotta, gotta pay the rent. Yeah, still gotta pay the rent. Right. I still gotta pay my bills while I'm waiting on that opportunity, but I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. So I I definitely understand. So. Guys, for both of you, was there something you felt you left out that earlier in the process um while editing these while editing your film? Yeah, um I'll go first, Ellen, I guess. Um Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot some key stuff when we had to go back to shooting and pick up do some pick up scenes and do some explaining uh explaining of you know, uh, you know, we worked so hard on, on uh, you know, on the shoot, and it was a SAG project, so we only had 12 hours, and we had to knock it out that everybody, you know, would go home. And and so even though we had, you know, a director, a production manager, myself, you know, we 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 missed some stuff, and uh, you know, so we had to come back and 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 get it. And um, it wasn't hard to come back and get it. Um, but you know when you realize that you didn't get it when you should have, it's a little painful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for me, uh, yeah. I think there's always uh, 
there's always something when you're in the editing room that you wish you did differently or, uh, you know, they directed differently or they got something else. Um, you know, there's always going to be that. Um, I think, uh, especially if you're making a, a, a real low budget movie, I think the best thing a director can do is just make sure you get the coverage so you can, um, you know, save your rear in the editing room, you know, so at least you have something to work with. Um, um, but yeah, I think every time there's always something you wish you could, could have done differently. Um, there's always uh it's it's never perfect, you know. Um especially with the uh, with the budgets we're working with. So Right. But you but you make it do what it do. <laughs> That's how they always yeah. tell me. So <clears throat> excuse me. So once you guys got into that editing room, were there things that you thought during the shoot went really well that maybe didn't work or vice versa, things that you were a little unsure about when shooting in that balloon once you start putting it together? Um, I've got a a story for that, I guess. Um, A little bit of a spoiler, but towards the end of the movie, uh, the main characters, uh, the woman he's been pursuing, leaves him kind of thing. Um, And the location we were shooting at, we actually got permission to shoot at a hotel or, or a motel or whatever on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, because we knew the guy who was working here also an actor, so he was uh, letting us shoot there for uh, for free, basically. Um, and then the manager was was coming down unexpectedly or something. So within the moment, I had to like rush through the scenes, like, all right, so handheld camera, just follow her out the room, and then we'll do, and then we'll shoot uh, Matt's coverage waking up. Uh, duh. And I didn't really know um, exactly how it was going to cut together, so I went in there and kind of did a. Uh, a French new wave kind of jump cutting thing. And, um, and that the ending of the movie when she leaves ends up being uh, a lot of people's favorite part. And that was, um, done out of necessity, not, not really, uh, not really a, a planned thing. So, so sometimes, sometimes that kind of stuff, uh, works out for you and you can, uh, you can figure it out in the editing room and you come up, find these great moments, you know? Um, and then, so yeah, some of the things that you, uh, really thought would work, uh, don't work so well, you know? So it's, uh, you know, something you thought was funny on the day is, isn't so funny, uh, you know, uh, six months, three right. months later, six months later or whatever. So, no, there's always that. Did, did either one of you encounter any stuff that you wanted to include but didn't ultimately end up in the film? Um, I, uh, there was a, a few scenes we definitely dropped and uh, shifted around. Um and there was uh there was one uh segment of the movie where um you know again problems you encounter um you know not to talk too much smack or get too deep into it, but basically the actors showed up didn't know their lines uh, it was a big mistake uh they probably shouldn't have been cast kind of thing, so you know we had to drop that whole chunk of uh the movie you know it was probably like a ten page scene, so then uh you know it just had to figure out later and maybe we ultimately didn't need it anyways but um but, you know, it was uh, it was difficult to deal with at the time, where basically we lost uh, a half day. You know, um, uh, that was wow. wasted. That could have been doing something else. You know. Oh, I bet. Now, w- now working in the locations that you guys chose, I'm sure that probably gave you the freedom in terms of how you structured your shoot. Um, well, I, I think, uh, you always try to schedule and get your locations to, so it makes the most sense for the production. So, um, 
Um, you know, uh, you know, you try to concentrate uh, all your scenes of that location, shoot all at once, and kind of go down the line. So oftentimes, as you probably know, they everything is shot out of order. Um, so, so you, that's important why uh, for the director to understand how this last season ended and how this one should begin or will begin or informing how the performance should be in this uh, beginning scene. So I think that's the trickiest thing as far as shooting stuff out of order and, uh, and, uh, and by location. Right. Well, guys, I really thank you for both being on. It, it's great to hear from <laughs> two people who are in the same industry. Cause usually I get, I, I, one time I had a show where, one was on a different subject, and the other was on another. So you're like, oh, okay. So both of you are on the same page. Hopefully like, we, <laughs> I did love that. Hopefully we, gave you a, uh, so, hopefully we gave you a full picture of what uh, what this business is like or making our, our type of movies are like. Yeah, it was fun. It, it is. It is because I have had so many other directors on, and it's, it's not an easy business. And I hope all the other young um. I guess the young directors, I guess I want to say it like that, who are trying to get out there. What? No, the expiring directors who are trying to get out there actually see what it's like. They need to know the actuality and not think it's the glamour life. I'm going to be like Steven Spielberg in a heartbeat. No, that takes, that takes work to get your name out there, to keep pushing it. And this is something that you have to be dedicated to 100%. You don't go in halfway sleep. So that's what the message gonna be. Go in with your A game on. I don't care if you're an actress. I don't care what position you're in. If you wanna be a truck driver, go in and be the best truck driver. Go in and be the best garbage man ever. That's why I tell my children, whatever you do, you be the best in it. I don't care what it so, is. It's don't, don't sell drugs and um, try not to be in the nudie bar if you can help it. <laughs> so, uh, so Tisha, <laughs> this is. <laughs> This is awesome. Uh, and let me just uh, do my quick shameless plug. Uh, movies, nipples, and palm trees, obviously. And uh, you can watch it on uh, Hulu for free. So so if you have Hulu, uh, type in nipples and palm trees. It'll take you right to it. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Thank you, Dylan. Yes, uh, and, Al, we know, and, Al, we know that you're on Facebook. So hopefully we could get um, – you go in, you put the rent in. You could get updates that way. Um, so, guys – is, really it on, is it on YouTube, you. Al? I'm sorry? Is it, on, yeah. is, it on, is it on YouTube or are you just shopping it around right now? Uh, right. It's on Facebook and YouTube. Okay. So okay. it's called The Red. Okay. It's called The Red. Okay, cool. Okay, I'll check it out, man. Well, thank, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I, I hope for so many blessings for you and your future endeavors. You take care, Al and Dylan. Okay, right, thank thanks you. For having me thanks on. for having me. Bye. Right, You're bye. so welcome. Bye-bye. From my friend Mary Ellen, the truth of the day is when you feel in the company of loved ones, it excites your body, soothes your soul, and elevates your spirit. Spending time with the people you care about puts you in a good mood. Even after a bad day, when you hear from a loved one, the world brightens. Keep opportunities to connect with these individuals open as these interactions will keep you balanced. Try to make these people part of your daily routine. Know what these important people in your life are there for you no matter what. Today, change your perception of life by connecting with friends and loved ones. Enjoy the day, everyone. Make sure you check out my guy's um, TV series, um, Nipples and Palm Trees and the Rant. God bless everyone.
Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.